0: You're listening to the Life Church Lavonia podcast, the show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Lavonia. Hey, good morning, Life Church. I'm so glad to be with you and I'm excited about what God's doing. I I have hope in God. For what he's doing at Life Church Livonia, and what he wants to do in and through your life and mine, and God's plans for us are good, and I want you to hear that. If you don't hear anything else this morning, and He wants you and I to join Him in His plans for good, individually and as a people, as Life Church Livonia. And today we're talking about how do we join God in order to be a blessing, to bless our neighbors, to bless our family, and I want to start off by. Uh, sharing a personal uh, story from my life. When I was uh, 11 years old, my brother uh, had a, um, uh, a catastrophic uh, head injury that uh, resulted in him being in the hospital for 18 months. He had seven surgeries. There were points at which they didn't know if he was gonna live. And if he lived, uh, would he uh, be permanently disabled? It was a absolutely traumatic time for my family. Uh, my mom and dad were at the ends of themselves, and there was all kinds of trauma, and isolation, and conflict, and anxiety. Uh, we were separated uh, across the country at one point, and um, and as we moved uh, to uh, Livonia, which is where we moved, uh, I actually went to the middle school where Life Church uh, currently meets. As a young man, uh, my mom came to the end of herself in many ways uh, and was struggling with depression, anxiety. She was self-medicating. And God brought a woman called Jerry into her life. And the thing, uh, and Jerry Anderson blessed my mom and she, and she blessed my family. And she was the most normal person you would, could ever lay eyes on. She uh, wasn't a pastor, she wasn't a priest, she wasn't a nun, she wasn't a psychologist, she wasn't a doctor. She was a nurse who had a family and had a child with severe disabilities, but she loved Jesus and she uh, loved my mom and she and, uh, she was blessed and transformed by Jesus and she shared that with my mom. And one of the things i thought about and reflecting on this uh 40 some years later is she had every reason not to be a blessing to my mom because she had so many things in her own home that were reasons why she should she could say i got to take care of michael my son he's got all these disabilities and i have other kids but she didn't she just brought michael and uh she listened to my mom she loved on my mom she walked with my mom she prayed with my mom my mom didn't know what to do with her So my mom said, what is so different about you? And Jerry said, I found Christ. He's changed my life. And my mom became a Christian and uh, it changed my whole family. Uh, Jerry Anderson was a blessing to us. So I want to ask you a question. Who's someone who's been a blessing in your life? Someone who uh, was a source of goodness or help or friendship or service? What did they do? What did they do to be a blessing in your life? Maybe they called you when um, you needed a friend. Maybe they cared for you. Maybe they uh, walked with you through some difficult times. Maybe they invited you and included you during all the isolation and, and hurt. Maybe they served you in some way. What did they do? I want you to think about that. When you said, boy, that person really blessed me, what did they do? And then think about the last two years. And to me, this is really striking as I've reflected back in the last two years. How would our world be different today if over the last two years, every person woke up and said, Lord, I wanna be a blessing. Help me to have eyes to see the ways I can bless my neighbors, bless the people around me, bless the people on social media. How, How can I be a source of good instead of harm? How can I? And they decided to pray instead of criticize. They decided to call other people and care for them rather than waiting for a call and getting frustrated. Maybe they decided to invite people in. What if they invited people in rather than isolated? What if they served rather than demanding service? What if we respected and over the last two years others and listened to them uh, rather than demanding respect? How much better would the state of our world be? It'd be radically different, wouldn't it? It'd be transformed, it would be a totally different world. And here's an important question. It's completely related to this. What were you made for? Who did God create you to be? What did God create you to do? We're not gonna guess about this. Let's see what the Bible says. And so if we read Genesis one, we see God created this beautiful world for us and he created us for himself. And he invited us into this relationship. And it says he blessed us. He blessed us. And he, and he invited us to be co-workers in advancing his blessing across the whole world. And it was beautiful. Genesis 1 and 2. And we're in the, we were living in the garden. And we were right with God. Uh, humanity was right with God. Right with one another. Uh, right with the world. And then sin entered in. And it broke everything. And humanity said, rather than be a part of God's blessing plan, I'm going to, I'm going to stop trusting God and, and I'm going to um, go my own way rather than let God lead. And it, and it resulted in brokenness just like now. Uh, This is, we're just fragmented and it's, and it's a part of a, the resonance of that fall is what it's called. In Genesis 12, as God is picking up the pieces from Genesis 1 and 2, his plan has not changed. His plan is still to bless the world through his followers. And he relaunches his blessing plan through Abraham and the children of Abraham. And Abraham is known as the, the person of faith and the children of Abraham originally were the, was the Jewish nation, but it, it it's spiritually every person who follows God by faith. And look at what God said to Abraham. The Lord said to Abraham, Now, what word shows up five times in this passage? Bless. Someone sneezes. We say, God bless you. And that's a beautiful thing. And I hope you keep saying that. I th- once you understand what it means, I think you're going to say it more. But we are blessed according to this passage. Abraham was blessed. And we, but, as followers of Jesus, are blessed to be a blessing. This is God's whole plan for advancing his uh, good work throughout the world. So what does bless mean? Bless means basically speaking or doing good things for another person. Speaking good into their life or doing good in their life. It's also called favor. So God's favor is upon you. And grace, some people would define blessing as a super abundance of God's grace. Grace is undeserved favor that God gives us. So it's blessing. It's this idea of good things God pours out. It means to increase. When God blesses us, it it, it can be an increase in a person's joy or peace or well being or flourishing or shalom is a word that's used of that. And when we bless the Lord, it means to praise or thank God. It means to increase God. We're giving thanks to God. So now let's go back to that passage. And what does that mean? God comes to Abraham and says, I know you don't have everything you want. Maybe you didn't know this at this time, but Abraham and Sarah had been trying to have a child for many, many, many years and couldn't have a child. It was a source of great pain and heartache. And he says, I know you don't have everything you you want, but in the midst of life not going exactly how you want it, I want you to know something. I have blessed you and I'm going to bless you and I'm going to continue to bless you. But here's the deal. In blessing you, you're gonna bless others. These blessings, this is what it means to be like me. And as you follow me, as you're made in my image, as you become like me, I'm the one who blesses. And as you become like me, you receive my blessing and then you give it away. And that's what it means to become like me. And God said, I'm gonna pour out those blessings, not just for you to hoard it. I want you to enjoy the good things that I give you, but I want you to share it. And that's how I'm going to win this world back to the way I created it to be. My people who follow me are gonna bless and, and bring light to all these places of darkness. So imagine every person suddenly is a blessing, uh, uh, is, is bringing blessing to the world and they're like a light. And one by one, these lights go on and this darkness is filled with light. That's what God is portraying to the whole world. That eventually I'm gonna bless the whole world, God says, through you. Now fast forward to 2021. And God's saying to every one of us, I know this world is not the way it's supposed to be. I'm aware of that. And I know your world is not the way you want it to be. But I have blessed you and I'm going to continue to bless you. And you don't have to manufacture anything. You don't have to construct anything. You just have to take the blessings I'm going to give you, I have given you, and you're going to bless the world with those. And that's how we're going to change this whole world. I've given you some time. You have breath in your body. Even as we're speaking right now, tens of thousands of people just breathe their last breath. But not you, not me. We have breath. You have breath right now. God's given you some time right now. This is a gift. It's not just one more day, one more minute, one more Sunday. You have a gift of a day that thousands of people, their time is over. And you have talents. God gives us certain gifts and abilities. He says, I want you to use those to bless others your time, you can do a lot of general things, your talents, you have treasure. I'm gonna give you what you need, resources you need. Every good gift comes from me, but then I want you to use those things and share those things and advance my kingdom on this earth. And every time you give to church, that's part of what we're doing. It's not about anybody getting your money. It's about all of us using the resources God gave us to do his work. And that's what we wanna see happen. So what God does through Abraham is his blessing plan. And this is how we're going to right wrongs in our world. What if we did good and, and fix things that were broken rather than just let them go? Well, this is how we're gonna rebuild communities and restore marriages and renew Christ's church because the church is intended to be a conduit, like a hose of God's goodness. And God saved, said to Abraham, and all those who come after me, those who like you, Abraham, put their faith and follow me, they're gonna be a blessing too. You're blessed to be a blessing. Say that to the person next to you. Kevin, say that. You're blessed to be a blessing. Yes. Nick? No, yes. I say that. You're blessed to be a blessing. Now, Jesus came on a mission and he came to fulfill and live out and extend this God's blessing strategy, his plan to bless the world. Jesus came on a mission to bless the world. And I often think we miss this when we study Jesus' life. But everywhere Jesus went, he was a blessing. In fact, we're going to study his most famous message, the Sermon on the Mount, starting next week. Woo! It's a new way to be human because it's about how people who live in God's kingdom as followers of Jesus, it's how, how we live in order to advance his plan of blessing in the world. But I want you to pay attention to this. The Sermon on the Mount starts with the first nine verses, and every one of them is, Blessed are, blessed are blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for making things right. He said, you want to live a God bathed life, a God, a life that's just in the shower of God's blessing. Here's who you become and here is what you do. So this is a key theme of Jesus' life. And I want you to notice this as the word about Jesus begins to spread throughout Israel and people are going, oh my gosh, he brings the blessings of God with him. He, he, He's he's doing these amazing things. He's teaching us these things, but he's bringing this blessing. Look at what happens in Mark 10. One day, some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and what? Bless them. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. I want you to just see this. It just follows like a string throughout the, the gospels. And so from heaven to earth, Jesus did not take one single breath where he was not focused on being a blessing to the people he interacted with and the places he went. And he did this intentionally, but he also did this as the moments came to him. So in Luke 19, I'm just gonna read this one little thing so that we plan to bless, but we also are prepared to bless as things happen in our life. I'm just gonna read one verse for you. It's not on the screen, but I wanna just read it. It said, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. Let me read the first verse to you again. Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. What does that tell you? Jesus was traveling. Jesus didn't have Zacchaeus on his Google Calendar. But As Zacchaeus was seeking after God, Jesus saw this divine appointment this moment and he seized it and he blessed Zacchaeus. And uh, I'd love to tell you more about that. But he changed this man's life because he was willing to put down what he might have wanted or he was willing to take an interruption, which he knew was a divine appointment, an appointment from God and, and serve that person and bless them right where he was. And you and I have to plan blessing, but we also need to be prepared as we pass through places at work and everywhere else. So the people in the places he went to, and when we follow Jesus on this mission, it means we join him on this mission to bless. Because his intent is that we're blessed to be a blessing. And when we do this, we're in total alignment with the will of God. And it's simpler than we think. So I wanna give you five things that Jesus did and if we do those practices, it's going to bless our church. It's going to bless our neighbors and it's going to bless our world. And it's going to be on the screen, but I know how much some of you love my, how my my great writing. So I'm going to write it here. Oh man, it's not going to work, is it? <laughs> okay, just give me a break here. <laughs> All right, so that is about how good I write and I hope you enjoy it. Bless, we'll keep it in front of us. And there's five practices that um, that we do. And the first one is this, B is for begin with prayer. Begin with prayer, that's the only one that doesn't, ha- I, we, I thought about calling it plus, but that doesn't work, right? But we begin with prayer. And we believe that prayer is how we discover our mission and how we accomplish it. Let me say that again. We believe that prayer is how we discover our mission so you're like what should i do you're praying god what do you want me to do and two things what do you want me to do with the people you have me interacting with and we'll come to that in a minute and the places you have me in my home my work my neighborhood my church so we, dis- we believe prayer is how we discover our mission and how we accomplish it because the power to do what God wants us to do doesn't come from ourselves. It comes because through the Holy Spirit as we're seeking God and asking him to move. So if you're not sure who the people are that God has for you to bless or the places where God wants you to um, go and be a blessing, then you begin to pray. And, we- and once you know those people in those places, then you begin praying for those people in those places. Why? Say this with me prayer changes things the church has lost I, I and i'm part of this i just feel we've lost our our understanding of the power of prayer i want you to think of the worst enemy you've ever faced the hardest thing you've ever faced well i don't know what you put up there with the top of the top things and i'm sure you've had some really hard things but in luke 22 jesus tells peter something pretty startling he goes hey simon satan has asked to eat your lunch satan has asked to sift you like wheat now According to scripture, this is the most evil, malevolent being with power in the universe. We have God's power, but we talk about evil and malevolence. We know Satan is the the most powerful being. That guy, that power, that malevolence is asked to, to eat your lunch. But look at this. But, 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 what does Jesus say? But I have what? What is that word? Prayed for you. I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith will not fail. And then look at this. And if you turn back, strengthen your brothers. No, it says when you turn back. You know what? Jesus knows his prayer is getting answered. He knows the power of prayer. Jesus tells Peter the most evil malevolent being in the universe wants to destroy him. But Jesus did something that helped Peter overcome this destroyer. What did Jesus do? Say it. He what? He prayed. And if Jesus needed to pray, and if Jesus is gonna unleash the forces of heaven to come and, and save someone he loves, how much more do we need to depend on prayer? And his prayer was answered. Jesus didn't say if, he said when you turn back, because Jesus knew his prayers were effective. James 5 says this, the prayers of a person who's right with God are powerful and effective. Think about powerful to overcome spiritual forces and effective, they accomplish things. Prayer is so powerful. We just need to reclaim this and understand this. Jesus' prayer changed Peter's life, by the way. What would happen if we understood the power of prayer like Jesus did? It would change the world. It would bless people in ways we can't imagine. It would change our church. So how do we do this? We start by making a list. And we call it a frank list. And we've covered a little bit of that in the past, but I'm just gonna review it. F is for friends. Who are your friends in the church or who are far from God, who you you should be praying for, who God's laying on your heart to pray for? Who are your relatives who need blessing that you should be, you could pray for? Write that down. Make a list. Who are your acquaintances? If you go to the coffee shop, who are those people? If you go to the gym, who are those people? Who are your neighbors? Do we know our neighbors' names? Let's just learn their names and start praying for them. Who are your coworkers who need God's blessing? Make a list. And then then I want you to think about who are you gonna pray for this week? I want you to commit to it right now. Don't just listen to me. Do it. We have to do it. We don't wanna be hearers of the word, only we wanna be doers of the word. We wanna pray, God calls us to pray. And when you and I pray for God's blessing on people, you're praying for God to increase his goodness in their life. You're unleashing something with great power. Throughout the gospel, Jesus seeking the Father's heart for the people he'll see and the places he'll be to bless them and turn their hearts to God. Let's pray like that. L is for listen. Sadly, most Christians are known for talking more than listening. It's convicting. If we sincerely hope to impact the lives of people around us, then we have to get to know them. We have to see them and we have to hear their story. Any good relationship, any healthy relationship starts with listening. And we need to be listening for people. Hey, what are your hopes? What are your dreams? What are your challenges? Truly the kindest and most loving gift you can give someone oftentimes is listening. We we talked about the loneliness statistics that are off the chart in our country how many people would stop being so lonely if they had one person who called and asked some questions and listened to them? One famous counselor said this, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. He's saying being fully present and listening is experienced by people as love. So here's one simple way we can do this. Make your list and then, Ask questions, be genuinely interested, be present with people, ask more questions than you answer. Ask more questions than you answer. And don't not answer questions, I just mean, we need to be focused on the other person and what's going on in their heart, seeing them, what's going on in their life, hearing them. And one of the things that we often miss is, Jesus, who knows everyone and everything, asked a lot more questions than people realized. And he listened to people, and asked some very powerful questions. Look at here's a couple of questions Jesus asked, and I did. I know all the uh, scripture references aren't there. I apologize for that. Maybe and tell me more, you'll get them. But Jesus asked, "Why are you so afraid? If you felt totally at peace, and would you? What, what are you afraid of? Jesus wants to know. Why did you doubt? What was that? What was not some kind of what? what what's causing you to doubt? Do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed of that? Whatever this thing is that plagues you. Are you going to leave too? What does scripture say? How do you read it? And he's talking about what's the greatest commandment. And he's asking people to, what's their thoughts are? Do you love me? And how about this last one? What if Jesus were to ask this to you right now? What do you want me to do for you? How would you respond to Jesus if he, you could hear that? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus told us to call him friend. And one way he loved people was by asking them great questions, meaningful questions. What if our church became known as the church where people really listen? if someone visited and said, I don't know if I really agree with those people, but I'm telling you, no, I I felt like they really wanted to hear and know me. They really cared about me, They, they listened to me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Who's someone that needs your listening ear? Put that person on that list. E is for eat. So we begin with prayer, we listen, and then we eat together with others. And this is my favorite practice. (laughs) My son and I were just talking about Mexican food versus sushi. I got to go with the Mexican. All right. But uh, But he has other opinions. So eating together. And Jesus regularly ate with people who were in the not crowd. They were not popular. They were not rich. They were not liked. They were not viewed as good people by a lot of the religious people of that time. But he cared about them and he ate with them. And in Luke 5, Jesus call, calls a tax collector, Matthew, Levi, to follow him, who wrote the book later, right? The gospel. And he, he, Matthew has Jesus over for dinner and look at what happens. Watch this. this is, Jesus gets in trouble with the religious leaders. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? Now they weren't supposed to do this. It was an unclean act. And the reason they're so angry is because of what table fellowship, what it means to eat with someone, it signifies something. When you invited someone to your table, or you took an invitation and said yes to go to someone's table. It was an invitation of friendship, of communion. It, was, it meant I, I'm going to start a relationship with you as a friend. And God made us for close relationships. He made us to be friends. He made us to be family. In fact, we often talk about the family dinner, right? People long or often look forward to that experience where they're with their family together for meals. And one of the ways we experience close relationship is through eating. It's part of how God made us. We, food is an essential part of us staying alive, of thriving, of well-being. And we associate meals with that. And there's something about sharing a meal with someone that moves a relationship past acquaintance toward friendship, isn't there? If someone invites you over for dinner and, and you're going to eat a meal with them, that changes the relationship. At least it has every opportunity to do that. And there are a few ways we can bless people around us than by sharing a meal. People often ask me, this is so funny to me, I, I was like, and I often teach this, is they go, why don't we have coffee and donuts at church? Why don't we just go in there and worship? Why do we do this picnic thing and all that? It's for this reason. <laughs> we wanna bless people. And what we do is we create an open table where people don't have to be afraid to kind of go into your house. I don't know you, I'm weird, I don't follow Jesus when we have a picnic or a party at church, it's a way less anxiety producing experience. People are like, okay, yeah. And it invites people into community. We want people to know they're welcome. We want them to know we care. We want them to know we want to be friends with them. And so we eat together. Next week, we're going to have a picnic and in the in-person service. And I want to encourage you to invite people to that service. We want to sh- we, w- we want to get a chance to know other people and love on them and do good to them. When we share communion together, it's called the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table for a reason. It's sharing a meal in community with Jesus and his church. In fact, if you read the whole Bible and you get to to the end, there's this big event that's gonna take place when Jesus comes back for his church. It's called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb of Jesus. And it's this picture of all of us around the table with Jesus because God created us for that. This is part of how we experience intimacy. So who's someone you can invite over to dinner in the next week? But don't wait for that. You can invite, you could eat out, you could have coffee with someone, get ice cream. Just do something where you're sharing food and sharing life with someone else. S, the first S is for serve. And I'm convinced of this. If you pray, for people, you listen to people and you eat with with people, you're gonna discover some ways you might be able to serve that person or that place to which God has called you. They'll likely tell you how you can best serve them. And um, Jesus said this. So we had a neighbor who lived across the street, Mary Jane, and um, she was a cantankerous old woman who was very smart. And um, in fact, she was like Roz on Monsters, Inc. So if you ever saw Roz, Wazowski, I got my eye on you. And she would just <laughs> fill the neighborhood with um, her beautiful tone. And, um, and one day she said, hey, I need someone to do this for me. We, we would go over there and she said, I need someone to help build some steps for me. And we introduced her to Jamie. And uh, Jamie began to undertake a series of projects to help Mary Jane, because as he finished one, he'd start the next one. And she was surrounded by love. And um, many years later, I saw Mary Jane come to our church. I never thought she'd come to our church. I can't get into it now, but she, she. I saw her coming to the door of the church and I thought it was an emergency, like she was seeking me out for help. And I ran to the door and I said, Mary Jane, what's wrong? And she said, so just in case you feel like you mess up all the time, think about that. The pastor's going, why are you here? <laughs> she said, that damn, Jamie. <laughs> I, I hate. I, that's what she said. So I, I said, what do you mean? What do you do? I'm still thinking there's an emergency because she calls us when there, was, she, when there would be an emergency. She said, he just, he just kept asking me if I would come to church. And I kept telling him no. And uh, he did something for me. She said, said, let me pay you. He goes, no, Mary. He said, Mary Jane, if you would go to my church one time, I'll never ask you again. And that's why she said that, darn Jamie. (laughs) Mary Jane came to church. She found Christ. From that date on, she was at church more than I was, which is because she was there all the time. And recently she passed away and she's with the Lord. But you know what? She was transformed. She was blessed, and she became a blessing. This woman who was so hurting and so uh, uh, withdrawn and uh, so bitter became healed and gracious. I almost was looking for before and after pictures of her countenance, because one person who wasn't a pastor, they didn't teach the Bible, they didn't um, they didn't uh, do any kind of religious uh, official things. Jamie served her faithfully and made a simple invitation. Jesus said this would be the core characteristic of his followers. His his followers, the 12 disciples, were fighting for position, wondering who's going to be first and who's going to sit next to Jesus. And he said to them, hey, this world system is all about fighting and forcing. You're fighting for power and you're trying to force people to serve you. He said, that's not how my kingdom works. He says in Matthew 10 Uh, 34 and uh, I'm sorry, 43 through 45. I wrote that wrong on the screen. Um, He said, and we read this a couple weeks ago, not so with you. We're not gonna, that's not how my kingdom works. Instead, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came serving. And we follow his example by serving. And Jesus gave his ultimate service by giving his life as a ransom for us, which we talked about in the crucifixion a couple weeks ago. Jesus' death was the ultimate act of service and blessing. Why? Because we needed forgiveness. This was the goodness he could bring, that we could have forgiveness of sins and new life and a new beginning. And that's what he did for us. He served us. So how can you serve others? In church, as we're restarting, I'm so excited about us restarting. And we need Everybody to use what little bit they have. Many hands make light work. Uh, uh, The little you and I have to advance the kingdom. And as all of us do something, we're gonna have a huge impact for Christ. So how can you serve a church or kids ministry? Kids often again get leftovers and we want them to get our best. We're committed to that. What about with your neighbors? How can you serve your neighbors? We're at work. Where is there a need at work or in your family? How does the Holy Spirit, how is the Holy Spirit prompting you to serve? Think about that. And the last thing is this, story. Once we do all these things, people will do just what my mom did with Jerry Anderson. My mom was so blown away by the love she experienced from Jerry through her prayer, through her listening, through eating together, through being served by her. She said, "What, what makes you so different? And Jerry Anderson simply said, Jesus changed my life. Let me tell you my story. And invited her in. And my mom's life was transformed. She wanted to know Jerry's story because she experienced so much of the love and truth of God through her actions that she wanted to hear her words. And her words resulted in new life for my whole family. I came to Christ and my uh, siblings, my dad. So you, as you share and you and I share and we invite people, we invite them into the new community of Jesus. And the reason we do events like next week is so we can bless people. We're going to pray for them. We're praying for people who God wants to bring. I'm praying for my Frank list. You pray for yours. We're going to eat together. We're going to listen and we're going to serve them uh, with by prov- providing a safe environment, a fun environment for the kids and the family to connect. So dream with me right now. Imagine one year from now, we can look back two years and go, oh God, how bad things have become. But imagine one year from now being a community where we live these blessed practices with one another, where we're loving one another, we're listening to one another, we're caring, and and we're known for it in our community. This is God's vision for this church, and it's your desire and my desire for this church, isn't it? I believe in you, and I believe together we can do this. So as we close, let's do four things, and I'm just gonna summarize what I already said. Make a list of your friends, relatives, acquaintances, neighbors, coworkers, and begin praying, knowing prayer is powerful and effective. Begin praying for God's blessing on their lives and commit to do one thing this week where you're gonna bless somebody on your list. Just be intentional. Maybe you're gonna serve somebody. Maybe you're gonna invite them over for dinner. Maybe you're gonna call them and listen to them. And then do this last thing. Pray and invite one friend to next week's fall launch, online or in person and watch what God does as we faithfully sow this seed day after day. We will impact and bless this world and God will use you to do it. Amen? Let's pray. But in order to be a blessing, the blessing God wants, we have to receive his blessing, which is the gift of new life and forgiveness in Jesus. And if you've never received that gift, I want you to pray with me right now and ask Jesus to forgive your sins, to be the Lord of your life, to direct your steps and to fill you with the blessing he has for you of forgiveness and new life so that you can share that blessing. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I'm inviting you right now to bring your blessing to me, your favor to me, your goodness to me. And Lord, I'm asking you to forgive my sins. Cleanse me, Lord, of unrighteousness. Heal me. And Lord, make me the person you created me to be. I know deep down, I'm not who I was made to be, but I believe you can make me the person that you had in mind before the foundation of the world. And Lord, help me to follow you. And as I receive your blessing, Lord, help me to be a blessing in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed with me, would you um, hit that little button right down there? Think it's under my hand. uh, And, uh, It's messaging, whatever the messaging button is. We wanna help you take your next steps with God. God bless.